Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, Please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Creative Control, Creative Control Comedy, art, and sometimes rock and roll Let's do a public opinion poll. Raise your hand if you love creative control. Cause when Vish is unleashed, well, you. Oh. Sorry, I didn't see you there. I was just working on a tribute song to my favorite podcast, Creative Control with Vish Khanna. My name is Matthias, and I play in a band called The Burning Hell. But more importantly, I support Creative Control on Patreon, and I think you should too. Quality long-form arts journalism is like a magical talking unicorn. It definitely exists, but it can be really hard to find. Fortunately for us, Vish makes it easy with hundreds of funny, thought-provoking, well-researched and engaging interviews with artists from all over the world. Your flexible monthly donation on Patreon will get you plenty of special exclusive treats and help Vish keep his podcast well-fed and cared for properly the way a magical unicorn deserves. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Creative Control with Vish Khan. Joe Para is a very funny writer, comedian, producer, author, actor, and television personality currently based in Brooklyn, New York. Originally from Buffalo, New York, Perra has established himself as a gifted, inclusive, and idiosyncratic stand-up comedian who has toured a lot and appeared as a guest or else performed on shows like The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Conan, and Late Night with Seth Meyers, among others. 
His profile has been high in recent years thanks to the success and following for his internet video segments and his beloved Adult Swim television program, Joe Para Talks With You. On November 16th, 2021, Tom Doherty Associates Books and collaboration with Forge, published a lovely and insightful book by Para and illustrator Joe Bennett. It's called A Bathroom Book for People Not Pooping or Peeing, But Using the Bathroom as an Escape, and it prompted Joe Para and I to have a discussion about it, his recent fruit fly infestation, his upbringing in Buffalo, why there are no rats in Alberta, Canada, his relationship with his frequent collaborator, Connor O'Malley, oatmeal and eggs, tree TV and quail, influential comedians, falling asleep, watching CBC in Buffalo, hockey and Don Cherry, Scott Thompson and the kids in the hall, his comedian friend Joe Firestone, doing a stand-up tour very soon as I'm speaking to you, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 671 of Creative Control featuring the lovely and talented Joe Para with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Vish? Oh, I'm well. It's a thrill and an honor to get to speak with you. I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, first of all, where in the world are you today, Joe? I'm in uh, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, how are things going in Brooklyn? Well, what's your day shaping up like, if I might ask? This is good. I've been kind of having a war on fruit flies in my apartment, and I think the, the tide has finally turned. I see. I see. Uh, yeah. 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 I got. <laughs> I laid out a bunch of uh, vinegar traps, red wine uh, with soap in it, and um, it's slowly winding down. Though you know, you know, we're not going to win the war on insects long term. There's so many more of them than there are of us, and you know, the, the, but uh, if I could just keep it to a minimum inside my apartment, I'm, I'll be happy for now. Well, that's a fair assessment of the state of the world, frankly. That's the way the life is, yeah. Uh, now, uh, may I ask you this? Do you have a lot of fruit, exposed fruit, lying around uh, that might be drawing the fruit flies to your home? Uh, no, they actually, I, I, somebody sent me a plant as a gift, and I think they got in that way, and I couldn't find, I think they found a big bag of uh, brown rice, and they were eating that, which was why it took me so long to discover them. I looked through all the the, 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 the stuff with sugar that I had, but it uh, they were going for a grain, which was slightly unexpected tactics yeah. on their end. So it took a yeah. little bit longer to figure out what was going on, but I, uh, I, I came home late one night and kind of had enough, so I ended up going through everything in my cupboard and, and taking care of business. 
Well, it's admirable for you to do this, to take on the fruit fly infestation, because it's not easy. Based on the no. description of your tactics there, was that a homemade attempt at ridding yourself of the fruit flies? And if so, has it been effective thus far? It's been pretty good. They got these um, sticky traps uh, that you can buy, too. So I set, I eventually set them up because uh, they'll kind of circle the the vinegar. If you mix just vinegar or old wine with soap, it'll the, it'll create enough surface tension that once they're in there, they won't be able to get out. That's right. But sometimes, you know, they'll fly around it for a while. So I created kind of like a backboard of these sticky traps above the vinegar uh, traps and it's kind of um, it's actually been really effective method a little bit cruel in a way yeah yeah it's been a weird few days because if I see one kind of struggling I'll go up with a, a piece of paper and kind of uh, end things uh, end things is that what you said okay yeah you'll just end it the fruit fly is just done I I get it yeah there, it, there are, it does feel bad they're a weird thing because they don't really do anything Per se, like they're just around and they hover. They can't bite you. They eat your food. That's bad. But right. like I, I'm sometimes I'll, I'll be reading. Like I have a copy of your uh, excellent book here, which uh, I'm hey. showing. I'm showing to you as if we're on a talk show. But uh, like I'm showing the people. But it's called a bathroom book for people not pooping or peeing, but using the bathroom as an escape. As I've already mentioned in the uh, introduction for this episode. But in any case, I'll be reading a book just like this one in my uh, bedroom, uh, in the bed, and I have a little uh, night lamp thing, like a, a lamp that sits on top of my bed. Anyway, every once in a while, fruit fly, and I and I they just yeah. buzz in and like it it's, creates a shadow on my book. But then I look and they're gone. They, yeah. just, they have no flight pattern. They're just all over the place. They're all over the road and I can't handle it. But when I really think about it, what is it doing? It's going to die. Like if you didn't do anything, Joe, wouldn't they just die? As long as there's food in here, I think they would be okay. The same fruit fly? Is, the same one. I thought they died and then they just spawn the, more fruit flies. Right. But they just, I mean, that fruit fly would pass, but I think he would lay some eggs. And then I saw an article today that said they'll sometimes lay up to 500 eggs. Oh. So you could really, you know, if you don't get on top of it, they could really get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I agree. I don't know what they're up to. I'm curious. It's very, <laughs> I'm sometimes. <laughs> what are they up to? Uh, what are they doing? <laughs> I guess just trying to eat. Just, but beyond that, I don't know. They are like so kind of dumb. Maybe they got something going on that we don't know about, but it's yeah. just, you know, they just want that. They just want those sweets, that's want, and that's, that's about the, the underlying <laughs> the underlying thing for their species. It seems to be the case, yeah. So I will say to you that we had a fruit fly. I'm calling you, or we're talking rather, from Edmonton, Alberta. I'm, from Ed, I'm living in Edmonton, Alberta, after living in Ontario, uh, not too far from Buffalo, New York, if I might say, which I believe you hail from. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I grew yeah. up in Buffalo. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit, but I am from Ontario, uh, not too far from Buffalo, mm-hmm. in the Kitchener Water. Do you know Ontario very well? Did you come up here or come up to Canada a lot? Mostly just to Toronto. Toronto. We went to yeah, yeah. Uh, Burlington once in a while. Um, Burlington, Ontario? What was in Burlington for you? Playing hockey tournaments. I never did like travel hockey, but I played for like the town league and one weekend each year we'd go play a team in 
Burlington, and then oh. another weekend they come and play us, and it was great. This was oh, this nice. big, yeah. This was showing somebody the other day is the Holodome, the Holiday Inn Holodome. <laughs> it was kind of like <laughs> they have the hotel built, and then there's this large indoor courtyard, and we all used to play mini stick hockey, and then they had this big pool surrounded by glass, and my my parents would never let me in the hot tub because they knew how much peeing was going on in there. But one year, right when we arrived, some kid ran right through the glass of the pool, and he was somehow okay, but he shattered the entire pool, and they had to drain it and wow. to, to get the shards out, before, and nobody could swim all weekend. Oh, no. But that was a thrill. It sounds thrilling. Uh, you know, they used to say that if uh, people peed in the public pool, the chlorine would kill it. If you pee in the hot tub, will the heat kill the pee, the germs, or no? It's a good question. I mean, I, 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 you're not an expert. I know that. I just wondered. I think, I don't know. I think it would. it's probably the perfect temperature for it to grow, right? Oh, well, I never the, thought if, of that. If there's lots of bacteria, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not our area of expertise. Just you make just making conversation. You brought it up. I didn't want to talk about this, but anyway. So where I was coming from was, uh, yeah, we used to go to Buffalo all the time when I was a kid because they had the outlet malls. We we thought in Canada we would be yeah. saving lots of money by going yeah. across the border to buy like to pay less shoes and all the like outlets. There's just like a bunch of duty free whatever it was. So, yeah. do you, do you, are you, were you used to seeing Canadians in Buffalo because of that? Yes, oh. it was that at the mall, at the Galleria Mall. There's That's always right. on, yeah. on Ontario license plates, yeah. and then at the the Sabers Leaf games, they would oh, the yeah. Canadians would kind of flood the city, and it was pretty fun. They're they're uh, really fun games to go to because I think that it's still cheaper to come to Buffalo and go to a Maple Leafs game in Buffalo than it is to buy tickets in Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. so there'd be tons of Toronto fans, and it was fun. Uh, you know, every, nothing really bad happened, but it was fun to watch. <laughs> you remember Ty Domi? Oh, of course. Number 28 yeah. on the Toronto Maple Leafs saves a scrapper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of a, a, a really fun to watch him go at it with Rob Ray. Oh, yeah, but, that's um, right. Yeah. And the stands would go nuts for that. And yeah, he was the player. You, if you if he wasn't on your team, you, Ty Domi was the, what they call the the player you love to hate. That's what they would say about him. <laughs> and I remember that. Uh, I don't really follow. Ho- I play hockey a little bit. I played when I was a kid, and then my parents took me out. They thought it wasn't safe. Can you believe that? Where were they coming from? <laughs> Perfectly safe sport. And then they took me out, and then uh, I found it again in my. I want to say in my. Uh, Mid twenties, uh, an arts league connected yeah. to a magazine that I worked for, Exclaim Magazine, uh, which is like a pop culture, music pop culture magazine, still going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they nice. started their own arts league, so there could, yeah. so it's just like all sorts of bands from Canada uh, who were based in Ontario mostly. Well, actually, no, there would be an annual Easter tournament, and uh, from all across the country, these musicians and music writers would come and play in a hockey tournament and it was actually quite lovely because they would get wow. sometimes people would get hot under the collar but not really mm-hmm. it was there was no contact it was meant to be very civil we'd have a big uh jam like a music uh, performance every night at the local clubs in toronto so all the wow. teams had to come up with like a musical performance it was quite creative 
Uh, when when did you? Anyway, sorry. I, I like yeah. that. I like the. Fa- I just assumed I'd never play hockey again in my life. Yeah. Uh, how long did you play hockey for? If I might ask. To like the middle of high school. Yeah. Yeah. And that, it was. Yeah. It was just got to the point where you had to do it all the time and be in the weight bench or the the, the weight room. I mean, uh, you know, on the days where you weren't skating, and it's like there's other stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. So. But uh, it's the best. I have you. I don't know. It's awesome. You've been able to get back into it. Well, I was gonna. I, I'm a little bit all over the place. So forgive me, Joe. I wanted to talk about the fruit flies some more, just a little bit, to say <laughs> that in my home in Guelph, when I lived in Guelph, Ontario, where I spent most of my life, really, uh, after uh, moving there for school, we had a fruit fly problem. My wife and I. We tried all this. St- we did exactly what you said. You know, all the home stuff you read about, what the, the wine and the, uh, oh, and the ants. Yeah. Oh, we had an ant infestation. That was even weirder because when I look it up, they would say, oh, line the cracks with baby powder. And it worked. Like that one worked. Yeah. Baby powder, they don't like it. It, it. it messes with their olfactory sensation and they can't find their way back to the nest. Where do the ants live in? A hill? I don't know where they go, but they're supposed to come in and get the food and then the scout or what. I don't know enough about ants, but they would bring it back to the home. Let's call it their house. Yeah. And they couldn't, the baby powder messed everything up and they couldn't find their house. So that worked. But all the homemade fruit fly stuff didn't work until we went to, uh, do you guys have a, in America, do you have something called Lee Valley Tools? Is that a business? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. It's like a Canadian. Okay, anyway, they sold their own, they made proprietary fruit fly <laughs> strips. And I tell you, uh, I, I, I put anything on, those things worked. And I don't know what happened. The fruit flies are just gone, and they were a little sticky, and that's what I dealt with there. But here in Edmonton, Alberta, having, we have some fruit, we keep a lot of fruit on the counter. Uh, yeah. The, do you get those little cherry tomatoes? You, know, you must have those. And then clementines and bananas and... It's all yeah. there. Ki- kiwi, I'm fresh. Do you want? Are you hungry? I can't get you any food right now, but we have a lot of stuff. Anyway, all this nice. to say, yeah, when I was in Ontario, fruit flies. Uh, and so that brings me to what were we talking about? Ontario, Alberta. I'm in Alberta now. Did I establish that? I'm in yes. Alberta. Yeah. And uh, I know you have some relationship with Alberta, right? Do, do, do you know it a little bit? Do you know a story about it? We did an episode. The episode about the rats for my TV show. It was, it's, inc- it's incredible. We were supposed to do, we had to have a, we, were, we didn't have to, but we wrote that there was a musical inside the episode that kind of, um, the, fu- the plot functions around. And we were going to write it about the, actually the, the, I think it was like the 97, 98 Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Cup championship team but also the the, the tragedy after the, the defenseman got in an accident and was paralyzed oh i'm i'm foggy on that part of that story uh i can't think of that right now but okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so the musical was going to be about that but then my brother sent me an article about the rats in alberta and i was dropped everything and i got so excited and was just i uh, yeah, it must have seemed insane, but I was like, we nut must do the musical about <laughs> right, right, the Alberta right. Rat Patrol. Yes, this this is it's, how the episode kind of ensues. You had one idea, 
and then you're convinced yeah. to do another idea. So this is based on some reality, some fact. Yeah, it's just yeah. an incredible story and thing that's going on. And I guess, yeah, maybe the fruit flies relates to the rats and that, you know, the rats are going to outlive us. I was thinking about that with the, uh, I don't know, the whole Ukraine conf- conflict. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't think it'll end up nuclear but if it was i'm looking at these fruit flies and thinking their fruit flies are gonna outlast us probably yeah that's a very morbid way of doing a callback to our fruit fly discussion but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto something there yeah the, the rats it's, and the fruit flies are gonna be a-okay now, for those who haven't seen the episode or know the story, I know you alluded to it there, Joe, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but I will tell you, before I ask you to maybe uh, elaborate upon what you read and, and what is actually true about what you read and, and what is true and factual about the musical you made for your show, when I told people I was moving to Alberta, mm-hmm. that's what they talked about. Really? I had a, fr- I have a, a fellow I know named Joe Casey. He plays in a band called Proto-Martyr. And I didn't, I, I, when he told me this, I don't think I'd seen your episode. No, I hadn't. I hadn't seen the episode yet. So I didn't know what he was alluding to. And I said, I'm moving to Alberta. And he's like, do you know there's no rats in Alberta? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, there's just not a single rat. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, I, I saw a documentary uh, show about this. Yeah. And I realized he was sort of pranking me. He was, well, sort of. He was alluding to you and oh. your show. I figured it out oh, after. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you that thing uh, real quick. But uh, I, I, by the way, I went to the plaza, yeah. and I uh, here and I sent a picture to Joe Casey from Proto Martyr of mm-hmm. a rat trap. Yeah, there is a the pharmacy outside the pharmacy in the plaza near my house has a giant rat trap. I was like, and I still I don't think I was getting the joke. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I said, I'm like, Joe, look, what are you talking about? There's rats. They have rat traps. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Can you talk a little bit more just about what you read and what what you've done to Alberta's reputation as a result of your show? <laughs> it's, uh, I just, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, would, I guess I haven't read on it for a, f- a few years, but yeah, there's what a handful, I think l- less than 20 people on the patrol, but they kind of patrol the, the Eastern border to make sure that none of the rats, uh, get into the, 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 the feed in the, in the farms along the border. Yeah. Because once they do, I think, uh, they'll be able to, grow and spread pretty quick so they kind of just patrol the border in these pickup trucks and it's just i don't it's very interesting to think of these guys going out in the morning and you know declaring war on another species that you know it's been going on for so many years and i don't know how i wonder how long he can can keep it going for it's great (laughs) apparently it saves the, the providence uh uh, what I think like six billion dollars in like uh, crops and and right. It's an, agri- feed. It, it's an agricultural issue. So it's that definitely they're, they're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Now, is there are there any states in your country, America? I'm just saying that in case people don't realize you're in America. Are there any states that you can think of that do anything similar? Because you have a lot of uh, prairie uh, sort of states, agricultural based economies, if you will, and, and states. Have you heard of this occurring anywhere else? Um, 
I don't know about. I don't know. My friend no. Connor, who writes on the show, was showing me these um, dog uh, owners in. I think it was Ireland. They kind of like derat the fields with dogs, and it's a wild thing to watch. It's kind of this is not the most pleasant, but they train these dogs to go hunt these rats. And uh, if um, they're they've kind of every so often, farmers will hire them to to let the dogs loose on the property, and they'll try and grab the rats by the scruff of their neck, shake them, and then move on to the next one. Right. And that's so it's, it's crazy to watch, but. Um, yeah, I think there's some rat catching teams in New York too with the dogs, but it's it's just, New York is a lost battle. Yeah, that's just the capital of the rat. That's the rat capital of the country, isn't it? New York, I think probably. Yes, it's gotta be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You alluded to Connor. Uh, I'm a fan of Connor's as well. And since you brought him up, I just want to ask a, a question. I'm sure I'm not the only one who wonders about your dynamic. Sure. Uh, you and Connor, because Connor's presentation style tends to be. I'm motioning. People can't see this. My hand is up above my head. It's high. Yeah. You, uh, Joe, tend to be a bit... I'm, I'm lowering my hand now, for those listening. Tend to be a bit lower key. How does that dynamic work uh, in real life, uh, that that sort of uh, tone, if you will, demeanor? I think they work... They bounce, we bounce off each other well. We have an interest in a lot of similar things. Like, for example, that Irish... Uh, uh, the, the Irish dogs that catch the rats is very up his alley, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in that too. I don't know. We're interested in people. We kind of um, had, uh, I don't know. We're both, I'm from Buffalo. He's from Chicago. And yeah. I think we just had a lot of similar experiences uh, growing up and the types of people that we were around and looked up to and, uh, yeah, so even though it doesn't come out in the same way, I think, uh, yeah, that's why we kind of get along. And also we both like, um, I don't know, we like our food, we get along well because we, we like diner food a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, going out for a big omelet or something is uh, is something we like to do. How many eggs in your big omelet? Three is enough for me. Yeah, three seems like a lot. Are you cutting back? Like I, I, I'm starting to feel like I got to cut back on stuff. I almost had oatmeal for lunch today, and my wife was like, well, "I'm not having oatmeal." You know, my wife and I are both working from home. I'm like, I don't know. I had I made us like a gre- I made the whole family greasy breakfast sandwiches today, and I was like, yeah, yeah. for lunch we should just have something plain. Like, what if I made oatmeal? She's like, no, can't do it. Are you are you some, yeah. are you still are you trying to be mindful of how you eat? A little bit, yeah. 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 But yeah, your wife, I think, did the right thing. If you ate, <laughs> if you ate oatmeal for lunch, think how sad you'd be I in thought, the afternoon. I thought, well, oatmeal can be very fun. You can put cinnamon in it and chocolate chips and almond slivers and uh, brown sugar. Like it can be a taste treat. That's true. What did you have in mind? Did you did you lay out the full oatmeal plan for her before she stopped you, or did she just put up her hand and say she just said know. no? I, I she said I bought soup. Why don't you just make us some soup and some toast? And I said okay, which is yeah. just that's oat that's like a kind of oatmeal if you really think about it. <laughs> well, risk risk annoying your wife, but that would be funny if you served oatmeal and said it's the same thing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I, I actually thought that. But yeah, I can't 
I have a thing where I will only eat eggs every other day. Uh, like, I won't eat eggs every single day. Yeah. And she's trying to tell me, like, oh, they debunked all that cholesterol stuff. It's fine. But now she's coming to my... I'm getting older. Like, I just want to be careful. Yeah. And I feel like... Are you mindful of your diet in that regard? A little bit. Yeah, I was just in Michigan for a bit in the UP. And, you know, you really get carried away with the fried food and beer up there. And it was slowing yeah. me down. So now yeah. I'm down to eight beers a day. And eight eight beers a yeah, day? Are you serious? And, yeah, and fish oh, fries wow. for only uh, uh, lunch and dinner, not for breakfast too. Oh my god! Okay, so you you think I'm some sort of quack with my highfalutin ideas? Like I I don't drink beer at all. I wouldn't have one beer. You're having eight. That's amazing. No, no, no yeah, no. Food scientists actually said that if you drink eight. <laughs> Dark beers a day is uh, good for your heart and your and your mind. Oh man, Joe, you're reading too many food scientists on the internet. That can't be possibly be true. Oh yeah. I don't think. Now wait a minute. So how many beer you had today? Have you had any beer today, or is Not it just yet. eight in one go later? I do it. I do it uh, right between five and five thirty, and then that's then then I'm good for the. I don't think this is healthy at all. Anyway, it's nice to hear about your dynamic with Connor. That yeah. sounds interesting. And I just, just yeah. something I wonder about knowing, because if anyone who hasn't seen Connor's YouTube channel or his tweets and all, like they're just intense. And then I come to you for uh, calmness. My whole family has been in the vicinity as I've been going through some of your stuff to just to, you know, refresh my, my memory and, uh, <laughs> Everyone likes it. My my son wants there to be a tree TV, for example. That's one of your your recent. Is that a recent thing? No, that's that's not. When did you do the tree TV uh, thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we made a special during uh, early pandemic called "Relaxing Old Footage." Yes, and yeah, we just had a lot of tree footage that we didn't know what to do with from the show because it, right. you know, we've shoot extra if we see a nice tree we'll film it and then not know where to put it in an 11 minute episode without really interfering with the plot so we took all those trees and used it as a section and i hypothesized how nice it would be if there was a a channel called tree tv that played footage of trees all day big fans over here like that was a little while ago we watched that and i told (laughs) my son i was going to talk to you and without skipping a beat, they said, the Tree TV guy? I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to the Tree TV guy. That's how they know you. But my, we also, I watched you, I don't know if this is more recent, I watched you make a, some sort of, a, it was a quail pie. Yeah. Uh, was that about a month and a half ago that came out or something like that? Yeah, I was, uh, I was out in the Midwest, so I reached out to John Townsend of Townsend and Sons. A YouTube channel and store, and we've been we've been talking about doing a video for a while because uh, I love their their videos, uh, and uh, yeah, we worked out and we made quail thatched roof pie. It was called because we put a uh, little vermicelli pasta on the top to make it look yes. like a roof. And then yes, it was lovely looking, by the way, if I might say. Thank you. I recommend yeah. it. It was a very easy recipe. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Just pie crust, uh, uh, quail. Which I don't know. I I don't I don't know where you'd get them. But uh, 
then you know salt pepper a little vermicelli pasta and butter that's yeah, it yeah a better option than pigeon you were wondering in the in the video if a new york pigeon might suffice in, in lieu of a quail and i thought that was a funny exchange and the premise of that show is the whole premise of that show we're now yeah. we're just promoting another show but that's fine the that's whole premise okay. of that show <laughs> that show you were great on it it was great i enjoyed it very much uh is it, is it mostly 18th century cooking, or is that, that just that particular episode? I'm not f- totally familiar with that show. Yeah, late late 17th to 18th century cooking. A kind of, um, yeah, cool American colonial era and a little bit after that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so they take old recipes and, uh, and, and make them. And they've got a yeah. kitchen that's built just like it was back then. And, uh, yeah. and just it was as great as i hope to to shoot with them because i they've got they're really nicely done videos and yeah. make you hungry and it just makes you want to roast a hunk of beef over an open fire well my wife who's a, a much more uh skilled and passionate uh cook than i am i i do my best but she loved that <laughs> segment i will say oh, cool. and I, I i'll bring up my wife as much as i can because uh i liked i liked watching your stuff with her uh, for just like I, I, you know, mostly I, it's the kind of yours is the kind of stuff I might watch in my office, but I was just decided to take Joe Parra into the house, onto the TVs, onto all the other screens. So just so everyone could get a sense of it. And my wife knows I like uh, comedy and sometimes mm-hmm. I like a uh, offbeat comedy. She finds you <laughs> perplexing. She finds the <laughs> segments in the show a little confusing, uh, because she likes you very much. But she yeah. keeps. She's watching you. I think like a, maybe other people too, waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly. Like, so what's going to happen? Okay, this can't be real. This is too wholesome. This is too. Why is he doing a cooking segment now? What's going to happen? What disaster is going to ensue? Do you yeah. feel like that's a common? Is that a common reaction to your work, or or do you get a lot of feedback saying thank you? Just thank you so much for your wonderful. Uh, homey content. What, what, what kinds of reactions do you get generally, Joe? It's funny to me to, well, it's funny and just interesting to, to present a straightforward show as possible. I know that doesn't describe all of it, but yeah, uh, I mentioned this before, but like I was thinking in the writer's room, like how to describe what I think is a great joke for the show. And I used the, the writer, a friend of mine's joke, uh, Dan Licata, one that he said, and it's just, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's the best, uh, or no, you know, what, what I like best about barbecue? The smoky flavor. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that stuff too. I don't know if you have particular, influences or heroes in that regard where uh someone i admire greatly and got to be a little bit friendly with was norm mcdonald yeah and norm had this thing where the 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 punchline of the joke was the setup of the joke and Mm -hmm. they were kind of connected like that was his goal was if you could repeat what you said but just change your cadence that's the joke and do do you have people like that in your um in your life or in your history where you're like yeah 
I know. I think of you. By the way, I should say, I think you have a very original voice. I think you're your own person. I don't understand you, let alone my wife, who's <laughs> upstairs right now, potentially wondering how I'm doing in here with you. But I, <laughs> I, I think of you as a very original voice. But did you have people like that uh, who kind of struck a nerve with you in terms of um, your own approach to comedy or what you thought was possible? Sure, Norm's one of them. Um, I was trying to think of. I don't know. I think people and their if you kind of let them be themselves, they'll be funny and trying to just look for that. Like I don't yeah. know. I think Ricky Gervais's office was a big moment. I think Zach Galifianakis's Comedy Central Presents was a big moment for comedy. Yeah. You know where he he um, did that final number with the seventeen piece acapella group comprised of his ex-girlfriends and it was just like you can and i don't know it's just like you can present anything that you want through comedy that's uh that's you know funny and interesting and you could do anything was kind of the takeaway yeah 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 well i i just i want to say uh and i don't know if you've gotten this feedback but it feels particularly soothing to go through your shows I'll go through your late night talk show appearances. It's felt particularly good uh, during this time of isolation and lockdown. Have you gotten that feedback from anyone else? Because I just, I, I take a lot of comfort in it and respite in it because it, it's weird, but it also feels like I, it's calming. It's just calming. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I guess the origin of my the the Adult Swim series in general is uh, uh, is called the animation I did called Joe Parra talks you to sleep, which my friend Nate Fernald recommended. He's like you you've been you know you're so low key on stage and your voice is so calming that you should just uh, kind of present it in this way and try and talk the audience to sleep because it's such a good feeling. To fall asleep on a on a nice note like that, and you don't try and make it like overly quaint, and but to try and make somebody laugh and and also relax them at the same time is kind of interesting thing for me uh, to to attempt. Like I don't know, I uh, my example like I, I, in high school I played in the orchestra. And I had a teacher. My dad fell asleep because he was, had a, he worked a lot, and hmm. maybe but he would come to the concerts and would be uh, asleep in a few minutes, which mm-hmm. is and he was jo- talking about that with the orchestra teacher, and he said sleep is a reaction too, and I think a good one. It's so, a weird one. I I fell asleep during a King Crimson concert. That I, really? I was I was invited to a King Crimson concert, and so I went and I brought uh, one of the people I worked with was a big fan, so I brought him. I'd never seen them before, but I knew them mm-hmm. and I knew them, and so I went. And there's like 15 people on. It's kind of like probably like your high school orchestra, really, or whatever that was. A lot of people on stage, a lot of noise, and I yeah. don't know what happened. I was we drove to Toronto, and I was like, uh, he had to be like, hey, you should wake up. What do you? I'm like, oh, sorry, what's going on? Like you, you get kicked out of a place if you fall asleep. They don't like it when you fall asleep in a concert it was oh it was a theater so i was seated yeah. that's the uh, i wasn't on my feet asleep but anyway yeah i i find your sleep video very soothing on some level 
And for those who haven't seen it yet, is it 10 hours? Is that correct? <laughs> the it's original, meant to be 10 hours? The original yeah. we made on like a shoestring budget for Adult Swim's 4 a.m. infomercial slot, which was like, yes. it felt like the, the, the perfect thing for that time of night. And then they made a 10-hour version of it by just looping it. Yeah, so they loop it. So all I wanted to say to you is I do find it soothing and comforting on the one hand. I haven't actually tried to sleep to it. But I will say I was uh, thinking about it the other day because on the one hand, you're saying a lot of stuff that's uh, meditative and soothing. But then out of nowhere, you bring up Bernie Madoff. And that's just, that just stressed me right out. I was like, oh, yeah, my finances. How am I supposed to sleep with this now? He made me think of my money. And then Sorry. I got ups- – you know what I'm saying? Oh. So, like, that's what I'm – It's it is – it is a that's the other shoe. When yeah. I was alluding earlier to what's going to happen here, oh, things didn't work out so well for Bernie Madoff. Well, what does that mean? So then I'm just now I'm just like if I were to have that on, I'd be lying awake. Am I going to be like Bernie Madoff? I haven't ripped anyone off. Like it just made me nervous on several levels. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not involved. I just want to clarify. No Ponzi scheme coming to me. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, it's all very, uh, very fascinating, and, and I, I just want to convey to you that it's meaningful to me. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, I guess yeah. the Bernie Madoff, the, the, it's kind of, uh, I guess that part was trying to, it was the state of mind, you know, your conscious flutters around weird places yeah. as yeah. you're trying to fall asleep is kind of. Uh, our attempt to kind of drift in ways that, you know, sometimes you don't want your mind to drift before you go to bed. Well, I might actually uh, uh, put it on my phone tonight as my wife and I go to sleep and see what happens. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I haven't no. done it yet. I haven't put it on as a loop. Some people, I, I, do people some do pe- it? Some people say that it works for them, which is a yeah. great compliment. And, yeah, I hope yeah, it's it's a great compliment, and that's kind of like I don't, I, you know, I don't want you to fall asleep while you're watching Joe Parra talks with you the the show, yeah. but yeah. if you do, it's fine. I love falling asleep watching movies and waking up on the couch under a blanket. Uh, it's a good feeling. Yeah, well, I appreciate your compulsion to want to help people uh, in some <laughs> regard, whether it's sincere or not. I think it generally is. Uh, watching you make that chair on uh, on a, an episode of your show, watching you just do things and make things and and say things that I don't even know if it's true. You know, this whole fruit yeah. fly thing you, you said at the top of the show, I don't know if it's true. I can't fact check it right now. But that's my general, like, I, it is inspiring, I will say. Like, I was like, I want to build a chair. I want to I want to whittle some wood. And uh, yeah. whatever, you know, like so. And, and anyway, my I, I wonder about your compulsion to help people. And that might be a nice segue into getting into a bathroom book for people not pooping or peeing, but using the bathroom as an escape. Uh, before, yeah. we get, before we get to it, what is your do you know where your compulsion to want to help people comes from, per se? Yeah, I would say I would prefer to make them laugh. And I think I cite in the, the book, I'm not an expert on that. That's just try and a lot of the time I get stressed out about stuff and I just when writing the show that's my way to or doing stand up that's my way of sorting out thoughts and just you know taking things slowing down I guess mm-hmm. is the thing so yeah I hope it helps I don't want to pretend I'm some self help guru it's just like well this works for me and I'll share that with you and 
uh, you know, whether you find that funny or actually helpful is uh, up, up to you. You've said things that seem like asides that have resonated with me. I'll say that, that uh, at least for a day, I am thinking about what you said about some historical. I, I, I'm putting fact in air quotes, but I think they are facts. I think I can't think of a specific example, but just things you've said have kind of altered me for at least a day. And I've just thought about it. Oh. So I just want you to know that it is impactful. And there's something about the packaging where you're um you don't sound like the most motivated motivational speaker, if I may. <laughs> Something about your energy level isn't in that category, so I don't want to mislabel you. But there's like a motivational aspect to what you do, I think. Like for me anyway, like I see what you're saying. Like I could just sit with you and listen to you and watch your show and feel like the stress kind of disappearing. And then if I kind of think about putting the things into practice that you've said or again, the chair episode where you're in the in the shop and you're looking at the chairs. Yeah. Made me think of, that just is a relaxing thing to think about somehow, just like resting, sitting. You know where I'm, com- where I'm coming from there? Yeah, no, that's great. And I guess I like watching videos of stuff being made, people doing stuff, doing things. It's satisfying in a way that I think, like, you know, actually doing them is sometimes. And uh, I really, uh, after we made started making the show, where it, potentially could have come from and that's uh my dad was in construction and he brought home a a vhs tape of uh this old house and yeah yeah and for some reason when i was a kid like two or three that was my video to watch as i took a nap um not disney movie or anything but i would my mom would put on Bob Vila, and I'd fall asleep watching him, I think, refinishing a hardwood floor and one, another one as he would replacing the lock and bolt on a, on a, a front door. And uh, I still remember, like, he used a, a stick, a, a thing, a lipstick to mark where he wanted to cut the hole out. And it's just like little... Uh, lipstick. Interesting. Yeah, he used it to mark, but like little uh, details like that that are very specific, interesting, have real texture to them is something that I enjoyed watching and thought was interesting. Yeah. So, and yeah, and the YouTube videos I watch now, I mean, Townsend's videos are a great example of that. You just, you know, maybe learn a little bit too. So the D, the DIY, if you will, the DIY aesthetic is appealing to you. Uh, do you and like I, you know, as you're talking about Bob Vila and the Townsend videos, like God, there's like the HD, what's it called, HGTV. The the there's that whole network and the Food Network. Like there's all these shows that are kind of showing people how to do stuff, and they have very high production values and all this stuff. But there is a part of me that thinks, oh, they're just trying to teach us how to do everything ourselves. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, but my, my association with that term is mostly about music and comedy. Like you do it yourself. Um, do you see DIY, uh, applications and other aspects of your life as a comedian as like, do you feel like that drives you to make things? Definitely. I mean, just, just sitting down and writing, who do I look at? I mean, like, I think chefs are inspiring to look at as a, as a, like a writer comedian in how there's artistic, in a way but also you know and all craftsmen just how they the repetition 
uh, eventually leads to you getting better and the discipline involved. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not as disciplined as a like, chef, but I, it, you know, <laughs> just to, to be, be able to do that. And, and, um, I think maybe part of the, me, I love, I don't know, it's good thinking to, to take a walk or to build something, uh, as opposed to if you just sit and write all day, you're going to go nuts. And also, or I, I go nuts. Other people do it better, but just being able to, um, um, kind of balance out what it takes to sit down and write the show or, uh, or, or write stand up. Yeah. 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 I, I think there's, there's, there are applicable practices. And I like the fact that people are feeling empowered to try and do things themselves, like make a chair. Or yeah, whatever, you, like I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I guess everybody seems to. I don't. I'm not the only one. It's just like you can make stuff yourself. You can figure out how to do stuff, and I don't know. I've myself sometimes uh, forget it, or uh, yeah, but yeah, you can, yeah. I'm not saying you're any kind of saint, Joe. I know I, I can feel you get uncomfortable. I've built you up pretty big here. No, and, I uh, just to, to think. I don't know where the show is headed, but to think that you could pretty affordably build furniture in your house—it won't look great the first few times, but yeah, it's, it'll last longer than the stuff you buy at the store. And, yeah, and you, you might take better care of it too. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I have no idea. That, no, it's an interesting. It's an interesting way of looking at it. By the way, that's another thing you said somewhere that I I I had I'd watched you on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know how many times you've been on that show, but on that particular appearance, uh, he said something about meditating or something, and you said I've learned recently that walking. Uh, is a form of meditation, I think is what you said. Am, am I mischaracterizing what you said? No, I didn't realize it because I always walk to think. And like a lot of the rhythm of the writing of the show and even in the show, I'm walking and talking a lot. But with stand-up, before shows, I'll pace and go through my jokes and just set that one foot in front of each other pace, I think, is a how I approach my stand-up and the rhythms of that and then the show too and it's uh yeah it's my way slowing down and thinking through things and trying to get my head to 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 where it's supposed to be well why I bring it up in this particular instance is a few episodes ago I was talking to a guest and I don't know which one it was at the moment and I brought this up to them I brought up the fact that they were kind of saying they thought meditation in itself is kind of amusing, the notion of meditating. Oh, it was my friend Eric Cheneau. He lives in France. That's who it was. Sorry. And he said, oh, meditation is kind of... And I said, you know what I heard once? That going for a walk is like uh, meditating. Yeah. And anyway, I didn't know. I didn't cite you, but then I rewatched your Colbert thing last night and you said it. And I'm like, oh, that's where I got that from. Oh. So you're just, you're seeping into my brain like a fruit fly. <laughs> like you're, you're just like, there's just 
Joe pair of fruit flies all over my brain right now, and that's where I'm coming from. So I just wanted sure. to share that with you because well, it occurred to me as we were talking. Yeah, there's a lot of people I that, that have done that historically. I've been, um, yeah, a bunch of writers. I think so. One of the Greek philosophers used to walk around and they have conversations, and that was how it, how he did his thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think Asimov, Isaac Asimov. I remember reading that as a kid when he couldn't figure something out. Uh, he's trying and trying and trying to figure out like a problem he had. Yeah. He would go to the movies. <laughs> he would go. He would make a point of going to the movies and stop yeah. thinking about the problem. And he claimed every time he walked out of the movie, he had the res- he had the solution. Yeah, he had the answer to his problem because he just stopped thinking about it. And I think when you go for a walk, you don't realize you're doing that. Because I get a lot of I'm doing the dishes and I get an idea and I have to run in here and write it down or type yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. there's the thing I thought of. Do you ever have that? Oh, all the time. Yeah. 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 Our brains are weird. I yeah. feel like the whole premise of, of your comedy and your show is our brains are weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> you brought up the, I forget how it came up, but I was thinking, like, one of my favorite things with comedy, oh, yeah, when you're just talking about how you might not, or your wife is perplexed, I kind of, <laughs> yeah. the dream is, to kind of come upon things for me at least that you don't know why you're laughing and sometimes you can't even explain it like i have this old joke that's uh it goes uh i got home late on sunday night and uh i found that my roommates dan and tomas had gone to bed taking care to be rested for the upcoming week opening the freezer door I saw that all f- four uh, ice trays were empty. So what did I do? I filled them up. Because come Monday morning, there's going to be cubes for my boys. <laughs> and, then I, and then I re- repeated, repeated again, yeah. cubes for my boys. <laughs> and I don't know why that, it feels kind of, I, it's like, it's such a, I don't, I, I can't explain it, but just the words cubes for my boys. <laughs> it, it's just funny. Yeah. And it unlocks, it taps into something that I don't, it's just, you know, you can't put yeah. your, yeah. It's so. It's, it's funny. It's just funny. And some people are just funny. And sometimes uh, I think that about Norm. I think that about you, Norm McDonald and people like you walk in the room. You're funny. It's just the way it is. But people re- recognize something's wrong or weird, and it's funny. And it's good. It's not bad. It's not bad weird. It's just like, yeah. oh, that person just emanates funny. So I think you got a bit of that, if I might say. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. I'll tell you who doesn't find me funny. Uh, Fruit flies around my apartment. No. they. Well, they might. Just so what could be sweeter than a comedian? They might love your comedy, and that's why they're hanging out so much. That's a good theory. Yeah, they yeah. like you. It's it's a testament to your character as a person. <laughs> they saw they saw the show on Adult Swim and decided yeah. that's where they had to be. That's where they had to be. Mom. That guy's got the sweetest nectar of anyone. Is what they were thinking. Now, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about this book. Sorry, I hope yeah. are you enjoying yourself? I hope I'm not wasting your time no, talking not about fruit flies. And okay, good. So the book is a bathroom book for people not pooping or peeing. But yeah. using the bathroom as an escape. I wonder, first of all, where did the idea for this book com- come from? And also, I wonder about your 
collaboration here with the uh, illustrator Joe Bennett. I wonder about those two things. Can you talk about uh, how this all came together? Yeah, well, Joe Bennett is a brilliant animator, and we met through friends. Uh, one afternoon, I went to his place and recorded like a, an hour, hour and a half of uh, audio for him to to use in his animation. He forgot to hit the record button, and uh, so it kind of like triggered a lot more communication because there's you know just emailing about. Uh, trying to figure out another way to get it done or doing it over. But he's really incredible mind when it comes to image and animation. And we just wanted a, a, a way to work together because he lives in Los Angeles. So he came up with the idea for a bathroom book. And I don't I was just thinking of what kind of subject matter would be fun to do. And I want, and came across the title, A Bathroom Book for people not pooping or peeing but using the bathroom as an escape yeah it was just funny and the idea <laughs> it, it, is, um, it seemed just like a funny thing that you could walk into a bathroom find it and then kind of like laugh at the cover but then maybe it follows through on its promise and we just yeah yeah so i kind of wrote a bit that i performed on the stage and and came up with the rough ideas that way and then i i sent it to him he told me what he liked and kind of sharpened the jokes and uh, he did all the illustrations um and book cover design and it was really that that's how it came together but yeah it was very f fun and the, the book company tour was really nice to us because we wanted uh, like a we were just trying to there's like a fabric cover and we just wanted something that felt calming, looked calming, mm -hmm. and was like a complete object. It's a, yeah, it's the opposite of an NFT. It's the opposite of an NFT for sure. Uh, it's a very beautiful physical object, if I might say. It feels nice. The illustrations are great. Uh, the epilogue is curious. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much about the action of the book for people who are, are hoping to dig into it, but... May I ask you about the epilogue? Why would why would this book even require an epilogue of any kind, let well, alone this one? <laughs> I wanted to put some conversation starters at the end of the book because, you know, the goal is not to stay in the bathroom forever. You hopefully want to get out of there, even if it is stressful outside. So I put some conversation starters that the audience uh, – could potentially say to somebody that would help smooth things out and get a conversation going. You framed the questions, though, as I'd include some conversation starters that have worked for me in the past. This suggests they are tried, tested, and true. And some of the questions are, you ever start a fire someplace you shouldn't? And who you think Frankenstein would vote for? These can't be questions you've broached in real life, Joe. Come on. No, I'm a little, yeah, I'm, but I'm busted. But at the okay, same sorry, time, these... no, it's fine. It's I just thought I'm the, the idea of as I wonder if they work for 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 people because it just figured I don't know if you ask somebody who you think Frankenstein vote for, uh, even especially on a uh, you know a non-election year, you might you get somebody to then laugh and relax. 
Yeah, say. no, they're I, I I recognize their jokes, but I also wonder. Yeah. I could I could also see you doing this somehow. I could picture you, <laughs> imagine you broaching these <laughs> topics. Did you uh, when you bro when you broached this with the book company, the idea? Yeah. Did at any point did they say? Got any other ideas? Did they say anything like that? The editor, Allie Fisher, was really nice about... She does comedy, too, and is a comedy fan mm-hmm. and kind of, like, saw it in a complete way right from the beginning. Uh, the only thing is they, they wanted a shorter title, which makes sense, but I think it's kind of a... I had in mind, like, that, you know, you would have to read it out loud on air in full every single time and that uh and i don't know that made you laugh yeah that yeah and in terms of the straightforward stuff it's like i want to say exactly what this book is and 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 be that so i don't you know no confusion when you look at what is this book yeah and it it seems very um reverent just the spine of the book (laughs) You don't even like on the front. There's a little bit of uh, uh, messing around with the, the the typography a little bit, but the spine just seems very straight ahead. So if you were to see this on a bookshelf, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a legitimate book. I'm going to pull that off and read it. I'm going to pull it off the shelf." And so that's good. I think you've done a good thing there. And I, I am, I've, I will tell people. Uh, I, I, I don't want to sound braggy, but I've read this book five times. Really? And it's taken me twenty minutes total. Uh, I, I love it. I, I like reading it over and over again just for fun. And it's not, it's what I'm getting at is it's not very time consuming. Is that a fair, would you agree? Well, we wanted to make it the exact length that you could read it in the bathroom and, uh, not have people get genuinely concerned about you in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people, uh, yeah. I saw a review that was like, I wish this book was longer and you know, so that's, that's a valid complaint, but that's why we kept it at the length is because we wanted it to be able to be like a serve its purpose in a single bathroom use. How do you measure that uh, time exactly? Do you yourself stand in the bathroom with your draft <laughs> and just read the thing to yourself out loud? And then you're like, yeah, that seems good. That seems like a good amount of time. How do you figure that out? I guess, yeah, the reading speeds are different. It turned yeah. into like 15 minutes on stage. And oh, okay. just about that in the audio book that we did for it. And uh, so that felt about right to to me. How does an audio book, like this book is very uh, illustration heavy. How does an audio book work per se? We had to tinker with some stuff, but it's kind of, I, I asked my, the composer who does the music for my show, Ryan Dan, mm-hmm. he created the, a, a track for it and some soundscape type stuff that you could put on. And it's not the same relaxing feel as the book, but it's, you know, you could even, you could listen to it anywhere now, yeah. uh, on, on the train, you know, in, in any situation that would stress you out and hopefully calm you down. We just, yeah. Or yeah. you could listen to it in the bathroom too, but, uh, just wanted to make sure that it worked, uh, from an audio perspective and his music really does that and yeah brings it to life mm-hmm. yeah and is it just you reading the audiobook mm-hmm. yep. no one else there's no guest stars 
uh, Billy Crystal drops in. And, Bill, oh, he drops yeah. in. No. Oh no, <laughs> that can be that can be rough. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's that, that's good. No, it's a, a fantastic book. So now you're. What are your credits right now? You're author, writer, producer, filmmaker. I guess filmmaker. Are you? Yeah. What's what? I guess where I'm coming from uh, is what's next? Because you alluded to the fact you don't know what's going to happen with your show necessarily, yeah. or what direct. Does that mean it's? Is it going to happen? Do you think something's going to happen? I hope so. Okay, you don't know. I see. But we, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. We haven't been uh, picked up again yet. But it's fine because uh, I'll be able to do stand-up again, which is where a lot of the material comes from. Right. Uh, just being a, a, a stand-up originally, that's how I test a lot of the bits from the show. Right. And so I'm excited to be able to do that. It feels very good, again, to be able to go on stage and test out material in front of an audience and... And 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 I don't know. It's kind of like the the most uh, basic f- f- or the most immediate form of comedy and comedy writing. So it's exciting to be there uh, doing that again and get uh, you know see if people's sense of humor is any different uh, over the last two years. Have you been pretty much grounded during the lockdown? Have you been doing any virtual shows or anything like that, or any any shows? <laughs> We were doing, yeah, we've been, uh, I have a weekly show. It's been, we had to, uh, when the uh, Omicron came, we had to shut down for a little bit again and just mm-hmm. be flexible. There were Zoom shows. I don't, did you see any Zoom comedy no, I, shows? I, I, I didn't see very much of any of them. There's something about the Zoom stuff that made me shut down. I couldn't do it. I I, I wanted to sometimes, or I I get a lot of notifications about them, but I'm sorry. Did you, did you consume a lot of that stuff? I didn't watch. I mean, you're competing with movies, and it was nice. People just wanted to stay active at the beginning, but yeah. we quickly learned it wasn't the same. Yeah. There were a lot of outdoor shows going on in New York, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, we basically produced season three of the show during it, so that was my main creative project, mm. and I, that was kind of how I kept my wheels turning. But, um, yeah, just being able to just yeah the zoom it'll i'm glad i hope nobody recorded any of the shows i was on but it also be funny <laughs> to watch it was it's a i guess a funny aspect of the yeah <laughs> it's a weird it's a very strange time and i i'm with you on it so okay so the show is up in the air yeah comedy uh, uh touring like is that the plan right now would you do a tour yeah i'm planning to through the midwest in uh, April, May, I'm really excited for that, and um, to think of be able to do Buffalo this summer. And I don't know, it hasn't come through yet, but there's talking about potentially getting to to Toronto for oh, nice. just for last Toronto because I've never performed in Canada before. That's that's um that's something that I would love to do because I've haven't seen that much of Canada, and I feel like. I, I shouldn't assume, but I I think the jokes that I do would go over fairly well. Absolutely, to a Canadian audience. They, yeah, uh, I was messaging a friend, and he said he and another one of my friends I didn't even know they did this uh, went down to see you and Connor in Detroit. I think uh, they made a trek from Toronto to see you. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you have a, an audience. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some people think you're Canadian. 
It's pretty, I mean, Buffalo pretty close to the border. I know yeah. you guys might be offended uh, by, but yeah, I feel like a lot of, I thought everybody got CBC growing up. So, uh, but they didn't outside, you know, so most people surprisingly south of a certain area don't know like Red Green Show when I remember watching a ton of that as a kid. Oh, wow. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, yeah, Hockey Night in Canada. Like I tried the Don Cherry reference online. I know he's not uh, really in uh, in vogue. Uh, in vogue is <laughs> one way of putting it. <laughs> but yeah, for for years, for his entire career, he was kind of like that. And then just enough was enough. But now that he's like eighty five. Yeah, we gotta pull him off the air. Uh, we are very tolerant up here, I guess. I don't know what the final straw was there. I wasn't following it that close. And like, really? Like, finally now? Yeah, he's gone. I, I gotta look it up because I only remember watching him as like a kid, and yeah, I so I don't. I I just remember the end, but uh, well, it finally yeah. dawned. It finally dawned on people that wait a minute, he's been making fun of Europeans. Oh yeah, for the, enti- the entire time, like that is that is racist. Like it's weird. It was confusing. What what it finally for those who don't know what finally did him what finally did him in was he was referring to you people as not wearing uh, poppies during Remembrance Day, as I recall, is what happened. Uh, we have Remembrance Day here. You guys have a Memorial Day down there. Yeah. Uh, up here we wear poppies to commemorate. Uh, Remembrance Day, which is meant to be a you know a, a, a commemoration of military service. And anyway, he just went on a rant and he kept saying "you people, you people," which you can't say "you people." <laughs> he didn't even say who the people were. He might have been talking about Europeans, <laughs> the way he always does. But he was like, "You people come to this country and you, the poppies." <laughs> By the way, I'm not defending the guy. I was I was just perplexed that it took this long. Yeah, because I'm like, he's been like this the whole time. What is wrong with you? Like. I get like it's good, I think, but it was also like I grew up with this guy, yeah, making fun of, uh, you know, I played hockey and there weren't that many people of color playing hockey when I grew up, Mm-mm. but and but I was like also like I guess that's just the way he is. I kind of accept it anyway. I don't know why I'm taking his down. I this guess he road. was maybe just like you know that family member who said that stuff and you just shrugged it off and you're like, well, that's that's that guy or that's that's Uncle Don. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I loved the, yeah. that clip of him and Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall was really great. I've watched that oh, yeah. a number of times. They, and just like the When they're on the when they're on the talk show? Yeah. And the way that yeah, I, the way that Scott Thompson kind of uh handled him and made him uncomfortable was just like I don't know, up there with like some of the best interview like talk show moments I've ever seen. I often say Scott's my favorite guest I've ever had on the show. Oh, really? Uh, he's been on a, been on a few times, and uh, yeah, he just like you. He just says things that resonate with me in a way that I've often cited this. One of my sort one of the kind of bum assignments you would get at the magazine I mentioned earlier. Exclaimed, I I didn't mind it, but some people really didn't like it. It was a questionnaire, so you weren't really interviewing someone. You were like Mr. Shatner. I, I did it with William Shatner once, and it's just a litany of like a Proust questionnaire, and you just set questions. And you're just going through like 30 questions in as much time as you have with someone. Mm-hmm. But Scott's responses to some of those questions were incredible. And I think about them to this day. And uh, we've had other chats over the years. And um, Kids in the Hall are huge for me. Did you get to watch Kids in the Hall as a kid? Yeah. 
they had, it was yeah. that era where Comedy Central was putting on the, the oh, their yeah. show yeah. on all the time. They must have got a good li- licensing deal to rebroadcast <laughs> those. But yeah, that was special. And their movie, I guess, in terms of comedy moments, like the Brain Candy was a big one for me when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to the theater to see that. And then really? I did. Well, yeah, I was a huge fan. I saw them play on the, as soon as the show ended, I saw them on tour. I had front row seats at their show in Kitchener. And I, I, I remember getting them because I worked a midnight shift at the gas station. And then the tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. And it was back in those, 1995, I went from my gas station job at 8 a.m. I was done my shift, drove into town. Line, I was first in line to buy tickets in person to see Kids in the Hall on yeah. their first tour after their show ended. And it was very magical. So I've been with them. They've been with me. I've been with them forever. And uh, I've had nice conversations with almost all the members of that troupe. And uh, Scott, I think you picked a good one with Scott if if he's resonated with you is all I'm saying. And the Larry Sanders show. Did you ever watch the Larry Sanders show? That is one I haven't watched. I've, it's, okay. I don't know how. I guess I didn't have HBO, but I gotta gotta watch it. Do you want me to mail you my box set so you can watch it? <laughs> I won't say no. <laughs> I have three. I have three versions of. I have they. They put out various sets. I have like th- there's two smaller ones, just like compilation greatest hits. But then yeah. I have the massive one. So that's my favorite show. Is I uh, what I'm alluding to uh, is that's my favorite show. So if you can watch it, it must be on a streaming service down there. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm sure I could get it. it. Might I wonder if it's on the HBO Max app even? Yeah, I, don't I, I bet it is. And yeah. it's, it, if you like the British Office, yeah. this is a pre. This is definitely a precursor to that. That sort of meta, yeah. what's real, what isn't real kind of stuff. Anyway, sorry, Joe. Yeah. I don't mean to give you comedy recommendations, but it is my no, favorite I, show. No, I know. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to, yeah, I'll have to watch that. But yes, yeah, I'm okay. super excited that Kids in the Hall are they're coming back. Yeah, but, uh, they've got a new new series on on Amazon. If I may plug a giant company that we don't like very much. <laughs> are you guys kind of bum- are you guys are you bummed out that they're on there as opposed to uh, uh, where did they air originally? So, uh, so it was actually CBC and HBO. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then they had this weird deal with CBS towards the end. They got bumped off of HBO, and they were on CBS in, in the states. And then things huh. started to go downhill. Uh, just for the, not for them, I think they did a great show, but the interest and the Lauren Michaels stuff it didn't really mean as much for some reason. So they kept kind of getting screwed around. Is yeah. what I'm getting at. So I know there's no network affinity or. <laughs> Yeah. It's fine. They do as long as they're active and alive and doing stuff. We're happy, and uh, I love those guys. Anyway, yeah. uh, what was I going to say there? Yeah. So, uh, comedy, uh, the book. Where can people go to learn more about you and this book and anything else you want people to uh, know about? Check it out. I mean, anywhere you can buy a book online. Um, I provided. If you go to my website, JoePara dot com, uh, uh, you can find it there and. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much anywhere you buy books, you can get it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so JoePara.com is the central hub. Kind of, yeah. You, I think the yeah. site gives you some options so that you could go buy it from, uh, the, you know, Amazon. Yeah, we're going to just, <laughs> just, just, just keep plugging Amazon. It's got to be a mom, a- mom and pop store. <laughs> some sort of bricks and mortar if you can do it. Or the library. Get your library to stock it. That. They have to That's buy the true. books, I think. 
Somebody yeah. sent me is um somebody sent a, a friend is a librarian at the New York Library, and they sent show me that a copy is there now, which is really special, but also kind of gross to think that people may be taking it. <laughs> The, oh right, the library book to the bathroom, but over and over again. Hey, you, you, do you think this is gonna? I have not read this in the bathroom. I will tell you, of the five times I've been in bed, do you think because of just the title, people are gonna be like, "I must." I'm sorry, everyone. I just obtained this book. I must immediately retreat to the bathroom. Do you really think that's what's gonna happen? Uh, it's more fun in there. I don't know. Maybe you'll get you'll find a new experience if you read it on the John. <laughs> okay, I, I will give it a shot. Not to gross anyone out, but I may give that a shot just to see what happens. Uh, no, it's a lovely book. I hope people pick it up. By the way, and I don't. Uh, uh, this is out of left field. Uh, previous guest uh, on the show that I admire very much that you worked with quite a bit, Joe Firestone. Oh yeah, uh, wonderful. I I'm a big fan of Joe's, and we had a, a good chat. Uh, some years ago. Actually, I think as part of JFL 42 in Toronto that you were alluding to, that's where we connected a little bit there. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, anyway, my point is, uh, oh, yeah, how's Joe? Do you see Joe much? Is Joe doing okay? She's great. Um, okay. I was just talking with her. I don't know. Have you seen her uh, special, I think, Good Timing with the older people? I haven't seen it yet. It's another one of those things where I don't know if we – what's that on? Is that on a thing, a network of some kind or a, a service? Peacock, the NBC app. Yeah, so we don't have we we the, some of those some of those things still are ge- geo blocked. Like, you That's can't right. even we can't we can't even watch them. I used to have like a I used to have a VPN yeah blocker, but it, it doesn't. They they figured that stuff out. I can't watch because I used to like all the Hulu stuff, and I yeah. can't watch it now. Really, random stuff, random Hulu stuff like. Uh, it was only Murders in the Building on one of those, Hulu or Peacock. I don't know if you know oh, that I show, the Steve Martin. Anyway, yeah. whatever. It was on one of those, and it just magically appeared on my Disney Plus uh, uh, thing here. Interesting. I don't know I don't know why, but I should look up. I've heard rave reviews about Joe's. Uh, is it a, is it a yeah, series, or is it a, is it a film? What is it? It's a one-hour special. That's probably... Special. Right. That's why... Oh, right. I'm connecting the dots. That's why uh, the truckers are protesting because they want the peacock app in canada right <laughs> that's right that was that whole that's why they seized our capital peacock, you guys have real peacock peacock, peacock, yeah. peacock it was very annoying they would not stop yelling they all threw their horns <laughs> to say peacock it wasn't just like bah, bah. it was like peacock yeah you're absolutely right anyway trudeau mr mr trudeau give us joe firestone special <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. You're not far off. I think that's what they wanted. We're not sure what they wanted, and it's almost done as far as I know uh, as we're speaking, so that's good. But, yeah, yeah. it's been quite a, quite a time up in Canada. You're picking quite a time in history to want to visit our country because it's a lot more like yours than it used to be, and it's frustrating. Uh, no, off- no offense, if I might say. Uh, I, I get it. <laughs> Well, Joe, uh, again, for more information, uh, people listening, uh, go to JoePara.com and follow Joe on social media. Yeah. Do you use that use that much? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, a little bit. Okay. I yeah. Joe, uh, I, I just want to say this was, uh, for me, a tremendous uh, honor and a pleasure to have you uh, on the show and to get to talk to you. 
I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope we got to some stuff. I don't know if we did. And I wish you the best of luck in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was it was very fun. And uh, I'm just thinking, I hope your wife doesn't blame you watching me for your trying to eat oatmeal for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> just getting too boring. I'm making you boring. No, no, no. I was already boring. It's not your fault. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> You should, you should try proposing it for dinner and see what happens. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think I just was like, we just had the greasiest sandwiches in our lives. Like, you know, all this stuff. And like, I just need something to level off. That's all I was getting. At. I was trying to I was trying to suggest that she and I should live longer. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think she should be happy. She's going to tell her anyway. her parents and friends you tried to make her eat gruel for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me concerned. You're supposed to make me feel calm. Now I'm stressed. Thanks, Sorry, Joe. Just eat. Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Once again, thank you so much to Joe Para for appearing on this, the 671st episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Also, you can like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter, at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation. $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content, uh, both from my audio archives that precede this particular podcast, but also on most occasions, when I think of it, some bonus content appears that emanates from current episodes. Sometimes uh, I've had a very long conversation with someone, and it's so long that I think, that's enough. We don't have to get a bonus content. Sometimes I forget to ask for the bonus content. Most of the times I remember, but sometimes I just think, this has been enough stuff, so we're good. But maybe, I think next week there's definitely going to be bonus content from the, the episode next week. That's my plan. Anyway, I think I'm underselling myself. $6 or more, again, grants you access to that exclusive content. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon, and I will get you one while supplies last. And once again, you don't have to do $6. You can do $1, $2, $3, $4, $5. 
six dollars you can do more some people do 20 there's, there's at least like one or two people that do 20 dollars a month which is very kind just want to support the show because the show is free you get it for free the main show and i think this is people's little way of it's not little it's huge it's a huge way for them to support the show financially so again patreon.com slash creative control if you enjoy the free stuff just give a little bit back there's no it's a little bit of advertising money but it's very minuscule and i don't like it i'd rather just get the patreon stuff anyway thanks again to pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph ontario respectively and granddad's donuts in hamilton ontario for their in-kind support for this show thanks as always to my friend jim guthrie he lets me use music of his on the show he's got a lot going on you can learn more about jim at jimguthrie.org and finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Joe Perra. This was honestly a thrill to have Joe on the show. We had a nice time. I hope you enjoyed it. If you don't know Joe, go to Joe Perra's website, joeperra.com, and look him up on YouTube. So much great stuff. And if you, uh, if you did know Joe and you don't know me, please consider subscribing to this podcast, telling your friends about this episode and maybe the other ones, uh, and spread the word about the show if you can. Otherwise, I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.